Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Thursday the 19th of September. Coming up, bailiffs called 43,000 times to chase council tax. In the last 20 years, we've seen a more than you know 57% real terms increase in council tax. So it's getting harder and harder for households to pay these bills. Smoking rates at lowest ever level. I think giving up smoking is a catalyst to um, to introducing yourself to different sporting activities. And the more you do, the more you kind of want to do. And HMS Medway officially commissioned in Chatham. We're two and a half thousand tonnes, 91 metres. We can do sort of 25, 26 knots, about 30 miles an hour. Um, we can go for five to six thousand miles on a single tank of fuel. Kent Online News. First today, two people have been injured and three people have been arrested after part of a building collapsed and caught a light in Ramsgate. Emergency crews were called to Plains of Waterloo just after 10 last night. Police have told us they discovered a cannabis factory in a nearby property. A mum's accusing a Canterbury school of failing to protect her 10-year-old son who tried to take his own life after suffering racist bullying. The Orchard School, which teaches children with special needs, recorded almost 200 cases of racial abuse in just two years. Caleb Hill's mum, Tyler, says her son no longer goes there. School bosses insist they dealt with it effectively and take such reports extremely seriously. There are questions today over whether a man shot dead by police in Kent was actually pointing a gun at officers at the time. William Smith, who's been linked to the murder of a 73-year-old man, died when armed officers were called to Goudhurst in May 2016. At a pre-inquest review, it's been suggested there's little forensic evidence to suggest he was aiming at police at the time. A full inquest isn't expected to take place until November next year. Kent Online reports. Bailiffs have been used almost 43,000 times in just one year to recover unpaid council tax in Kent. Figures show in the 12 months to this April, councils issued 78,500 court summons to people who'd fallen behind with their payments. The smallest debt they were asked to chase was for just over £14. Nicola's been speaking to Harry Phone from the Taxpayers Alliance. One of the big problems we're facing in this country is ever-rising council tax. Um, If you look at tax in general, we're approaching a 50-year uh, high tax burden, but if you particularly look at council tax, um, in the last 20 years we've seen a more than you know 57% real terms increase in council tax. So it's getting harder and harder for households to pay these bills. They're seeing council tax go up by three, four, five percent every year. So I would say it's no wonder that the more people are defaulting on this debt and bailiffs are having to be sent in. We also have the figures that there were over 78 and a half thousand court summons. So it's it's not something that councils clearly take lightly. They obviously want these bills to be paid, which is fair enough. But as you say, more and more people do seem to be struggling based on on this evidence. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we're not saying that, you know, uh, people should, you know, deliberately avoid paying tax. People should um, pay what they owe. Um, There's an issue about whether it is um, economically viable for the council uh, to try and reclaim this money. You know, are the costs of recuperation actually worth what they're going to get in the end? Um, But unfortunately, it does come back to the case, you know, a lot of people now that, you know, the average council tax bill is I think it's something around £1,800 a year, which is, you know, on top of all your other taxes, is a colossal amount of money. So we're, you know, very much encouraging councils to do everything possible to, you know, be more efficient, eradicate wasteful spending, to keep council tax as low as possible. Hopefully, in some cases, uh, even reduce council tax, then hopefully that will avoid, um, you know, the issues that we're seeing here in future. 
Yeah, you mentioned how expensive it is to uh, instruct bailiffs and go through court proceedings. And we're told that w one debt that needed to be recovered was just £14.17p, which I, I guess kind of, as you say, was it was it really worth it? Well, indeed, and I suppose you, you don't necessarily want people to get away with things, but it must have cost them more than, than the figure you quoted there um, to recuperate that money. So I think that was probably, you know, not the best use of, of council funds in that point. And of course, if they're spending more than they're bringing in, that surely means that they're going to have to put council tax up in some way to recoup the money that the council has now lost trying to recoup the costs off people who didn't pay the tax. So it, it all seems a bit silly to me and that's something they need to uh, clamp down on in future. But surely it's it's not as straightforward as just bringing down the, the, the council tax bills. As you say, they have been going up across Kent roughly 3% and then the KCC part of that was 5% over this year that we're talking about. What can councils realistically do, do you think? Well, it, they, they will all argue that they've had um, cuts in central government funding, which is absolutely true. Um, but even when they weren't having those cuts, they were still putting council tax up. I mean, the Taxpayers Alliance have identified um, many ways over the years that councils are wasting money, bid on things like um, business class flights, um, you know, excessive uh, rates for you know reclaiming mileage. There's and that's before you even get into some of the salaries that chief executives and other uh, council bosses are paid that go well into six figures and they get very generous pensions and things like this. And then, you know, you have just, you know, you have places like Tunbridge Wells where they want to build a £90 million um, theatre and new uh, offices uh, complex for the, for the council, um, you know, taking out 50-year loans and things like that. I think councils have just got to focus primarily on their statutory responsibilities, you know, looking after the roads, the bins, etc., uh, and not go into these frivolous extras that they often do. The chief exec of Kent Savers Credit Union, Catherine Parker, has also been giving Nicola her take on these stats. We've definitely noticed a trend of um, this level of sort of increasing problem debt, high levels of personal indebtedness, are, are creating problems for people who just need um, a bit of a helping hand to get through um, yeah, a tight patch in life. So yes, we are seeing definitely more of these sorts of cases. And obviously it's one of those bills that, as with most bills, it, it can't be ignored. Otherwise, as we've seen, it can lead to court proceedings and, and bailiffs being sent out. Presumably, you want to help people before it gets to that stage. Yes, of course. I mean, the very best advice is please, you know, act and try and take some some good decisions um, in managing and managing the debts that you're you're having to cope with before it becomes a crisis situation. So, I mean, I suppose we we see it as um, three three different phases. I suppose one is um, to, to try and manage um, and negotiate with the council, and I'm sure you'll have had lots of commentary already about. Um, talking to the council. The council doesn't want people to, f to get into this situation. It's in their interest to try and find a way to, to reduce the, the payments or make arrangements um, with you. But once, once you've done that, you then need to try and find some money to, to pay the arrears, and that's when people approach us. And invariably, people are coming to us because they've kind of got nowhere else to turn to because they've already fully used their credit cards um, and fully used their overdraft and they very often have gone even further and taken out all sorts of debts with other high interest type lenders because they've just been trying to um, find any way of, of keeping 
family and home and house together. Can you just explain a little bit about how Kent Savers works? Because we, we've heard of all these high interest people. They've obviously got a lot of publicity for the bad reasons. But can you tell us a bit about Kent Savers and, and what you do and how you try and help people who are coming to you? Credit unions are not for profit. So we um, are able to offer loans at far, far cheaper interest rates um, for small loans and to people who um, have possibly had debt problems in the past um, compared to um, the types of high interest lenders like payday lenders or rent to buy shops or even loan sharks. Typically we're lending to people who are on low incomes or on benefits um, and more often than not they've not realize that the problems they can get into with these high interest loans so the problem the problem debt situation is something that we're facing all the time by trying to explain that um we are far we can offer loans far far cheaper than um than the likes of payday lenders um who they think are the only people that are likely to lend to them because of their poor credit scores or for example it must be um, really satisfying for you to see, but maybe, I guess, uh, you can explain to me the relief on these people's faces when they realise that there is some help out there for them. Yeah, I think um, they often don't quite know what we're all about. It's very much a word of mouth that people get to hear about their local credit union and they'll ring up and, um, obviously, slightly desperate, they've often tried to get loans elsewhere and been turned down consistently. And, yes, you're right, it's a it's a... It's a real kind of eye-opener situation for them that people like credit unions will will lend. Not always. We have to decline some people where we think that the debt really isn't affordable. But we help them to acknowledge that they're paying far more than they need to on um, loans they've already taken out in the past. And very often a loan from us is used to repay those debts so that they can be paying less um, each month. That helps their cash flow, helps them to even start to put a little aside in savings, for example. And all of that good habit and and better money management with a lower cost loan from us um, helps avoid getting into the sorts of crisis problems where they can then no longer can't make their priority debt payments. So, um, yeah, we have members who come to us for their first loan and then invariably will borrow and repay and borrow again because they realise we're all, we're the best place for them to come to. Kent Online News. It's thought Operation Brock could be reactivated on the M20 in Kent 10 days before the UK's due to leave the EU. The Contraflow system, which has a 50 mile per hour speed limit between Maidstone and Ashford, is designed to control the flow of traffic to the port of Dover in the event of a no-deal Brexit. Although it's not being confirmed by highways bosses, it's understood it'll be brought in on October the 21st, ahead of the Halloween leave date. Police say a vessel with suspected migrants on board has been found near Dover. It's understood eight men were detained by Border Force officers in St Margaret's Bay at around seven this morning. A small boat seen on the beach has been seized. Plans have been unveiled for a 5,000 home garden community in Lenham. Bosses in Maidstone have confirmed where they want to build and say the development will also include schools, offices, leisure facilities and green space. If it's all given the go-ahead, the first homes could be built in 2020. 
27. Now, with Stoptober around the corner, figures show smoking rates in Kent and Medway are at their lowest ever level. According to Public Health England, last year 15% of people were regularly lighting up across the county, down from 16.7% in the previous 12 months. Pascal Ben from Gravesend gave up the habit almost a year ago. So I started smoking in my teens at school um, and I'm 43 now so uh, that's quite a while. And my addiction started out um, just occasional smoking but quickly became very regular and I probably ended up smoking about 15 cigarettes a day. So after a while that did have a noticeable impact on my health. I would get short of breath when climbing stairs and when I was engaging in sporting activities. So I decided to use Stoptober last year as a point at which to try to quit. I'd had um, several attempts prior to that um, and I'd you know, managed to give up smoking for maybe a week or a couple of weeks before then but never um, a sustained amount of time like I have done this time round. So coming up to a year now I am really pleased. Um, it's really improved my life and my health dramatically. I started doing more sports, um, doing some running regularly and lots of dog walking. Um, also started doing some swimming and, and best of all was the yoga that I started to do. Um, so I do yoga twice a week now and I have a class in my local town in Gravesend. Um, and one of those classes is trapeze yoga which is excellent and really good fun. Um, and it really has uh, really has improved my health dramatically. Um, I think giving up smoking is a catalyst to um, to introducing yourself to different sporting activities and the more you do the more you kind of want to do it, it's like um, it is like a catalyst I would say. I think you should give up because you only live once. Health is, is such an important thing uh, to live your life to the max. Um, if you think like a, a few days of discomfort to get through the physical addiction of giving up smoking compared to a lifelong um, being free from cigarettes and and really improving your health as a result of that, it's really a no-brainer. I, 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 when I look at people now who smoke, I am kind of can't quite believe that I did it for so long myself. Thousands of people are expected to try and give up smoking as part of the national Stoptober campaign next month. Kent Online reports. There's a warning today after a man pretended to be a police officer to try and scam an elderly woman in Paddock Wood. He phoned the victim, who's in her 80s, on Tuesday and told her people had been fraudulently using her account. Police want us to remind elderly relatives to be aware of the scams. The Royal Navy's newest ship has been officially commissioned at a ceremony in China. Chatham today. HMS Medway arrived in the towns she's named after on Tuesday and will be here over the weekend. Commander Ben Power told Matt what it's like to be captain of the vessel. It's a huge privilege. Uh, HMS Medway, I think, represents the future. You know, we are the second of five brand new uh, offshore patrol vessels, far larger uh, than the earlier offshore patrol vessels uh, that the Navy currently has, uh, and we're able as a platform to do so much more. So I can see the ships providing a, an ability to be deployed around the world as and when the government may require. And you sort of said earlier how, how that sort of role might develop and, and how she's how she's designed to be able to carry that out. I tell, I mean, tell me a little bit more the specifics of how she how she operates and how, what she's like to 
to be in command of and, and, and drive. Okay, well the ship itself is an ocean-going platform, so you know we're two and a half thousand tons, 91 meters. We can do sort of 25, 26 knots, about 30 miles an hour. Uh, we can go for five or six thousand miles on a single tank of fuel. So that in itself provides an element of flexibility. You know we are training at the moment and and developing so that we can be in a position to be forward deployed wherever the government may require uh, from sometime next year. What was it? I mean, what was it like, sort of standing up on the podium today and, and addressing your comp- your your crew and and highlight highlighted my career. Uh, I've commanded two ships before Medway, uh, and this is uh, very special to be the first to be the first captain to be the first part of the crew. Uh, you get to set the agenda, you get to shape the ship, and you know your ship is a living, breathing thing, and the crew. Uh, have been superb and instrumental to that. So yeah, that highlight of my 17 years in the Navy was standing there today and addressing them. This is the only time the ship will be formally commissioned into the Royal Navy and the ship will, you know, have a 25 to 30 year lifespan. So I think to come to your namesake river, which, you know, the ship is named after, uh, to Chatham, to a place which is so uniquely connected to the Royal Navy, it's a complete honour. HMS Medway will eventually be involved in counter-terrorism and anti-smuggling operations. Sub-Lieutenant Luke Murphy from Canterbury is one of the crew members. It's been really good to come here to Chatham uh, with my mum here as well, um, just to get back. It feels like, although Portsmouth is our home port, we also feel like we're kind of at home here as well because the reception we've received from everyone has been really nice. And obviously uh, I've been doing uh, some of the commissioning organisation as well and as the amount of uh, involvement we've had from the council, the local population, it's been really good to see and uh, makes me proud to be a local Kent lad. Uh, yeah, so it's really good. And just how, how sort of special is it to be a Kent lad and then being in, in Kent where, where there's such a heart for the Navy it, here in, in Medway? It's special for us as a ship to be commissioned here like on the Medway itself. I mean, it's very rare that actually ships get commissioned uh, on their namesake town. So not only is it special in that regard, it's special for me to come back here. You know, I've got all my family coming to, uh, today and this evening. Uh, and it just makes it all that more special when you can do these kind of events and like bring in the namesake town into it and all the council, um, all the mayors, etc. All those uh, great people from the local population who've come down and supported us today. And also for the families as well to see where the, ship, uh, where the ship's namesake is what the connections have been with the local population and it's just can't to get everyone together who's had a really good involvement uh, and say thank you to Kent for having us. And what's the um, what's the sort of the, the, the feelings been on board amongst amongst you and your and your, and your shipmates in, in the lead up to this? Uh, so yeah I mean as I say we've we've been uh, one of the organisers of it I've had a really good feel of how the ship's company uh, have been excited for it I mean it's a great event to get their families down to especially on a lovely day like today uh, it means we can say thank you to them but also say thank you to um, all the all the people we make Chatham what it is and such a historic maritime city as well uh, and obviously it's been, we're here for a week as well so we've got the Freedom of the City Parade on a Saturday which is kind of our, uh, our way to say thank you to the town for having us uh, and also we've got a ship zone to visit us on a Sunday as well, so that hopefully we'll get more of the local population around again today uh, and on Sunday. Uh, but all in all, the ship's kind of been really excited. I mean, we've had a busy programme, but this has kind of been the final headmark for us uh, for something to look forward to and work towards where we can just say thank you to the families and thank you to the, the guys and girls for all the hard work they put in over the months. I mean, it would be quite nice sort of seeing a few crowds around mm-hmm. and what was it like sort of coming up the, up the river? Into, I mean, coming into in, it was, a, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, again, it was a lovely sunny day. We'd just come in from London. 
we had ships coming out to meet us down the down the river. Uh, we had sailing yachts out dipping their ends in. We had everyone on the on the uh, forecastle out the front and uh, lined up along the bridge, just waving at us. I mean, when we came in here, this whole area was absolutely packed, and it just kind of you know gives you a bit of a lump in the throat thinking that we've actually finally arrived here after all the work that we put in, and it's just made us feel like home. I mean, when we go back into Portsmouth the first time, it was a very similar feeling like. It's strange that you come here and it's kind of a second home for us and it's the support that came out on that uh, on the Monday was just really good and really great to see. And just the last one from me, obviously a lot of work's been put in already but now yes. sort of the, the real work starts as it were, so, I mean how's that going to Yeah, So as the CEO was saying we've done our operational sea training which is kind of our version of getting the ship ready to deploy in global operations and then we've got further trials and assessments coming over the next couple of months and then uh, deploying uh, in the start of next year, which is obviously the big headmark for us, which everyone's excited for, is what you join the Navy for. Uh, and events like this give us a chance to get everyone, get information out to everyone as well and how it's going to work and where the ship's going from here and hopefully keep those affiliations and connections that get made at events like today going throughout the years that we uh, carry on our service. Part of the events to mark the commissioning will also include a Freedom of Medway parade through Chatham on Saturday, which will finish at the Salute to the 40s event at the historic dockyard. Leader of Medway Council Alan Jarrett says it's a huge moment for the towns. Oh, it's a tremendous achievement. It's, we've worked really hard with the uh, with, with various naval officers to pull this off and uh, to get it commissioned in its um, in the in the place that bears its name is quite unusual and we're really pleased to have achieved that, absolutely thrilled. We've got tremendous naval history dating back centuries and uh, this is just another page in that history and uh, everyone's really pleased that um, it bears Medway's name and that it's come here for its commissioning. It's a, it's a wonderful event and the whole of Medway I think are pretty pleased about it. Yeah. Looking forward, I mean, in terms of how sort of people are going to be reacting to seeing her around the world now, how, how, mm. how do you how important is that for, for Medway to keep that? that well, it is, it, it is, isn't it? Because, you know, um, this ship will feature in goodness knows what over the years ahead. And people will, uh, Medway people will be looking for its name and, um, and wishing it well and seeing what adventures and exploits it gets up to. It should be great. And just maybe just a quick reflection on sort of seeing people, I, mean, I don't know if you're down here on Tuesday when she arrived and, and today. I mean, it, mm. it draws a lot of interest and shows there is the, the love and the passion. And proud moment that proud moment for, it, for yeah, that's right and what you'll see on Sunday the ship is going to be absolutely rammed out with, with people I think that they're going to cater for about 1800 members of the public to visit the ship to a quick tour around the ship uh, and there's uh, there's, there's uh, enormous interest they've had to put extra places on they cater for 1200 they're having to put 1800 on and um, just enormous demand enormous interest in the ship um, it's just uh, because of Medway's history, and this is part of it now, isn't it? Yeah, it just sure so shows how important that is, I guess. Isn't it? Yeah, that's right. It's all so important in terms of Medway's wider identity, and uh, you know. And obviously, that sort of feeds into sort of broadening out a little bit the city of culture. And, city of and culture, putting Medway on the map. All of that, all of that ties in together. The work we've done, been doing the last 21 years since Medway was formed. It's all. This is all part of it, and uh, a really significant part of it. Something to be proud of. Kent Online News. A Faversham man has given up his job as an IT teacher to make a Brexit card game. Patch Fordham left the Oasis Academy on Sheppey in May to focus on developing it. It works a bit like Top Trumps and ranks people like Theresa May and Boris Johnson on things such as power, fickleness and even dancing ability. Phil's been to meet
meet him to find out where the idea came from. I had a mentor group and we were teaching them current affairs and Brexit and all that sort of stuff. And it kind of got to the point where even Brexit was droning on. I mean, a bit for me, for them, it had gone to the point of beyond despair. So I thought, all right, how can I make this a bit, in, bit more interesting? Um, and decided to turn it into a game. So that's, that's where the idea came from. And just in terms of um, when you first kind of get this out, and so have you, your students played it as well? Just tell us what the kind of reaction's been. Yeah, so the, yeah, the first edition, I printed it all off on school cards and then got them to play um, and made the funny names for them as well. They found it, they found it funny, they enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good, it was good, it was a good experience. Yes. It's light-hearted and it sheds, um, it sheds a new angle on the topic where people can not get too involved and too downbeat by it, but actually have a little bit of a laugh and maybe learn something along the way too. Yeah, just that, that sort of learning aspect, obviously you are a teacher mm. as well. Are you maybe hoping that they take away some educational aspects from this as well? Yeah, completely. And that's why each of the cars, I've done a little kind of bio for each character. Um, and because their attention spans are so short, especially nowadays, you have social media and all these games everywhere. Um, if you don't grab them instantly and then give them something to look at, which they can be engaged with, um, it's really difficult to keep them engaged. So a learning aspect as well, but with, a, with the funny, funny angle too. I, I actually didn't vote in the referendum four years ago, and that was because I didn't have an idea. I thought my, my vote would be a complete guess, um, and I lacked the information. So I didn't want to sway anyone either way. I wanted to make it as neutral as possible, try and lay down some facts. If someone becomes more enthusiastic or engaged with politics, then brilliant. So where are you hoping to go maybe in the next 12 months with this game and other games as well that you're looking to bring out? Mm, so next, well, I'm going to go until Christmas um, and all the profits that I make from this game, I've got a homework kind of app idea. So that's where I'm going to go next. Um, but trying to get into a few stores. So I've got a few stores in London who are picking it up. Um, and who knows if we get a kind of one of the big boys, a John Lewis or a WH Smith. Um, that'd be brilliant. And finally today, it looks like summer's returning to Kent this weekend. We've had warm, sunny weather over the last few days and now forecasters say temperatures could go above 24 degrees Celsius on Saturday. It's not looking so good for Sunday though with showers and a chance of thunderstorms. That's it for now, but don't forget you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.